We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of a Pack-A-Day podcast, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thank you so much for making us part of your day. My name is Nick Schmitz, and I will be your host for the day. And we are going to start the Pack-A-Day podcast just a little differently today. We're going to start with a poem from our very own Maggie Loney. This is an original poem called Ode to Zadarius Smith. Roses are red, violets are blue. Zadarius Smith, I would die for you. You're brilliant at blitzing, getting after QBs, forcing pressure off the edge, bringing linemen to their knees. When you tally a sack, all Packers fans cheer. If I ever meet you in person, I'll buy you a beer. Watching you celebrate makes my entire day. It's an honor and privilege to have you in Green Bay. Thank you. That's a what? What kind of poem is that? Is there like an actual like name for that? I I know it's not not a, like a haiku, right? I'm not a no. I'm not. That's I'm not five seven five. Okay, so so is there a name for that kind of poem, or is it art. just art? <laughs> art. <laughs> All right. Art it is. All right. So, all right, Maggie. Well, I feel like uh, this needs a little bit of context because uh, when you first read this, to me, I was very confused. But there's context that goes with it, we swear. So, Maggie, what's the context of this? Uh, So, during the Washington game, Zadarius Smith was, per usual, dominating. Nobody could stop him. He was doing his thing. 
um, getting after the quarterback. So I just tweeted casually that I was going to write an ode to Zarius Smith. And then a bunch of people asked me to actually do it. So I did. All right. So it, it didn't just come out of the blue. There, there, there's actual context to it. So, <laughs> um, Well, that, as you know, is Maggie Loney. And also joining us tonight, Jacob Westendorf. Guys, welcome back to the podcast. And Jacob it, also has a poem. Jacob, you have a poem as well. Uh, what is this poem? Uh, it's not suitable for viewers, so oh, oh, we, can't, right. <laughs> we can't air it without getting the explicit tag, which we avoided with Owen Reese, so I'm not trying to get it here. Yeah, let's be real. If we're going to put the explicit tag on anything, we're going to have to bring Owen back for that podcast. So. Correct. All right. Well, let's let's get started with the Packers, where they're at, 10-3, and three, um, and it's... Uh, well, I mean, what can you say? They're winning. They're ten and three. They're back to being a playoff contender. And if you don't already know by now, it's Wednesday. You probably already know. But in case you are unaware, or maybe you were like me and wondering and needed someone to write an article about it, um, I'll give you Green Bay this weekend against the Bears can secure a playoff spot. So in order to do that, there's two scenarios in which they can secure. And now when I again, let me be clear on this, secure a playoff spot. It doesn't mean they win the division this weekend with this. They can't actually win the division this weekend. Um, but they can clinch a playoff berth by winning and also having the Rams lose or tie to the Cowboys. So depending on how you're feeling and how much you want to roll the dice and whatnot, you might need to root for the Cowboys this weekend, which I know I'm – I want to vomit as I say these words. Uh, nobody likes the Cowboys. They're a gross franchise and not America's team. The other way that Green Bay uh, clinches a playoff berth this weekend is if they tie and the Rams just flat out lose. So Green Bay can clinch a playoff spot this weekend, which is nice. Um, it's great to be actually being able to have these conversations about how Green Bay is going to be back in the playoffs more than likely after missing the last two years. So be excited about that. And uh, just uh, as we we're going to talk about a little bit of the playoff scenarios here in just a minute. But uh, one just a really interesting thing that I am. I, I have lots of time on my hands, and so I think of these things and go look them up, and they don't mean anything. But just an interesting tidbit that this will be only the second time in Aaron Rodgers' career that he has played the Bears at Lambeau at noon. With Anybody the, know what happened the first time? Uh, what, that, I believe that was, what, a 37 to, what, 7 victory? 37-3 victory at Lambeau. That was Aaron Rodgers' first year as a starter in Green Bay, correct? Correct, yep. Yep, so... Um, whether they play at noon at Lambeau against the Bears or really any other time, they usually just kick the crap out of the Bears since Aaron Rodgers has been the quarterback there. The last time they lost was in 2015 on Thanksgiving night to the Bears. So um, Bears coming in at 7-6 and six this week, kind of back in the playoff picture. Who really knows? Green Bay's got a chance to put them to bed pretty much this weekend with a win, which would be great. But let's first, let's take a look at where the Packers currently sit in the NFC for the playoff standings, because I know it's kind of been a debate. Even though I've been off Twitter, uh, I, I, I am able to keep up with these things due to my wonderful partners in Jacob and Maggie. And uh, so right now, Green Bay, if the season ended today, the Packers would be the number two seed and have a first round bye, which apparently is somehow amongst people not necessarily considered a great thing. So, Maggie, get us started in this conversation 
where did this start from and who are these people that are saying that not having that having the number two seed in a first round bye is not necessarily a good thing? Well, I'm not going to call anyone out because I understand the line of thought to an extent, especially after the 2010 Packers were the sixth seed and ended up winning a Super Bowl. Uh, so I get the idea of the gauntlet, but this stemmed from a tweet Kind of a joke, I guess, kind of not. Um, Just saying that, you know, right now the Packers are the second seed, and wouldn't it be such a shame if in the division round and then the championship round, all of these dome indoor slash warm weather teams had to travel north to little old Green Bay, Wisconsin in a blizzard and, you know, play a game. So... Green Bay, you know, Aaron Rodgers always talks about making the playoff path come through Green Bay, the advantage that this team has in cold weather and the snow. Um, so that's kind of how it all started. All right. And, Jacob, I am being told that you have some very um, strong thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, the run to the Super Bowl in 2010 was awesome. The Road Warrior thing was great. But there's a reason – that that doesn't happen a lot. You know, the 2005 Steelers, the 2010 Packers, and the 2011 Giants, and actually I don't think the 2011 Giants, I think they had a home game. So there have only been, you know, a small group of teams that have had to go on the road for all their games and win the Super Bowl. That is a special thing. The idea is, like Maggie said, playing at Lambeau Field for an opposing team is supposed to be difficult And typically it has been. Now, granted, I know that the Packers have lost home playoff games and that, sure, whatever. But you still would rather play there than have to go to Seattle, San Francisco, God forbid, New Orleans, somewhere like that, and not have that advantage. You mean to tell me that a dome team like New Orleans coming on that slick track doesn't maybe even the playing field a little bit if you think New Orleans is more talented than Green Bay? Same with San Francisco. That would slow down their defense. A little bit. And as you guys saw a few weeks ago, they're really fast. The whole idea is to give yourself as many advantages as possible. Now, does that mean there are teams that have all the advantages in the world? The New England Patriots manufacture advantages for them every single week. They know exactly what's going. They still didn't win all the games. They don't win all the time. But they have all those advantages, and the Patriots have been very successful. One of those reasons is because they play a lot of really big games in Foxborough. The Packers, what do we always talk about? In 2014, man, if only that game against Seattle was in Green Bay, right? So with that in mind, yes, you want the bye. You want to play fewer games. If you don't have the bye, you have to win three games to get to the Super Bowl instead of just two. It It's simple to me. I, I don't understand the idea at all of not wanting a bye, probably having to play the Minnesota Vikings for a third time, and – then having to go to in likelihood to New Orleans, to San Francisco to get to the Super Bowl. That's two really tough road games to go through. And it's something that the Packers simply haven't done since 2010. If you think about it, their last playoff run, they had a home game against the Giants. They went in dramatic fashion in Dallas, and then they get the doors blown off of them in Atlanta. That's back-to-back tough road games. It's really hard to win two road games in a row in the regular season when maybe you're not even playing great teams, let alone the postseason, when you're playing good teams all the time. There's no bad – well, the NFC East exists. So, yes, bad teams do make the playoffs, but they don't (laughs) usually last that long. 
it's simple to me. Get the buy, get yourself as many advantages as you can. And I would like to remind people over and over again that I do every week. And maybe this is controversial, whatever. Game to game momentum is not real. All right. Well, I, I agree with both of you. I don't, you know, I think some of it stems from the fact that after, at least for some Packer fans, the Packers came off a bye this year with Matt LaFleur first time and they played the 49ers and it didn't look great. And so, you know, again, that kind of goes back to, what, Jacob, what you were talking about, game-to-game momentum, whether you believe it exists or not. And I think the other thing that Packer fans get hung up on is the year they went 15-1, and had the first round by, and it didn't mean anything for them. But if you go back to that, there was a lot more there than just having a week off. The offense really took, the, took like three weeks in a row off because they didn't play the last week of the season. There's a lot of things there. I just – it gets you that much closer – you get that much closer to the Super Bowl without having to play a game. So, yeah, I would, I would very much think that having a bye and a home game in the divisional round of the playoffs is what you would want. So, yeah, I, I think, I think we, we all agree here on this, and I don't understand why other Packer fans wouldn't. But just, yeah, get that first-round bye and – you know, make the road to the Super Bowl that much easier. So, and I mean, I think we also have to consider the fact that if the Packers did end up as a second seed, and if you know, if we're talking about the way that the the playoffs are shaking out today, this is a 49ers team that likely would have to have the Vikings or Seahawks come to them in the divisional round. So there's there's a realistic possibility that the 49ers get knocked off before the NFC Championship game, and you're hosting that at Lambeau Field. So regardless of wanting to travel, um, feeling like they need to get hot at the right time, if you can have an NFC championship game come through Lambeau Field, you take that 10 out of 10 times, even if like past history hasn't acknowledged that or that hasn't looked as good. I think you still will always roll the dice and take that shot as opposed to something like 2014 when you're traveling and you get just close but not close enough. If, if that game, like Jacob said, is at Lambeau, Maybe things look different. I will. It is different. Green Bay wins that game by two touchdowns. I Jacob, promise no. you that. Jacob, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't want to go into that too much, but Green Bay wins that game by two touchdowns if it's in Green Bay instead of in that crap box. Well, and you know, it's it. You know, Aaron Rodgers has played in three. Excuse me. He's played in three NFC Championship games. None of them have been at home. He's played on the road nope. for all three of them, and he's one and two in those games. So. If you're looking at that just from a pure numbers standpoint, I would think that you would rather bring Aaron Rodgers back to Green Bay. And by the way, how weird is it to think that Aaron Rodgers played in three championship NFC Championship games, has played in one one Super Bowl, and hasn't played an NFC Championship game at Lambeau? Like, why would you not want that? So, again, and the other thing is too is by getting the first round by, you almost guarantee yourself that you will not have to play San Francisco until the NFC Championship game. And think of it like this. You don't have to beat every team that makes the NFC playoffs. You just have to beat the ones that are put in front of you. And so why not try to avoid the 49ers for as long as possible, given how that game played out earlier this year? See if Yeah, think about like a, a sentimental side of things. You know, the, our parents' age – we're all kind of the same age. Our parents' age, their big moment was that 1996 NFC Championship game against the Panthers. The players all talk about that as like the highlight of their season, even though they won the Super Bowl two weeks later. The fans talk about just how it was cool. It was in Green Bay. It was like this this moment that nobody's ever going to forget. And we don't have that. Like our fan base, our aged fan base, and a little bit younger, we don't have that. So why wouldn't you want 
any opportunity for that championship game to be in Green Bay. I mean, I know that it happened in 2007, but, you know, I was 16, so it's not like it wasn't as easy for me to just pack up and head to Green Bay when I, I don't even think I had my driver's license when they played that game. So there you go. But why wouldn't you want that opportunity too? Now, I'm not saying that, you know, there's a lot of debate on whether or not the Packers are a Super Bowl team or whatever, but if you can get two games at Lambeau Field, I'll take my chances. Why not? And then you have a chance at something, a memory like that, that'll last a lifetime. Absolutely. So just be rooting for that. You know, root for, well, first of all, root for the number one seed. It, at this point, it's going to be difficult to get there, but still obtainable. But, you know, if nothing else, root for that two seed. Get a get, get to the divisional round of the playoffs automatically in a home game. So with that, I want to switch gears to something that uh, we haven't, as a podcast team, the three of us haven't talked about really a whole lot this year. Jacob, you and I touched on it briefly Sunday uh, for the pregame show, but um, that is the Packers special teams and specifically the punt return game, which, um, and for the life of me at this moment, I can't even think of the kid's name that was returning punts uh, this past Sunday. Uh, Swervin Irvin, shame on you. Swervin <laughs> Irvin, which is obviously uh, not his actual real first name, but, uh, but it is now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You heard it here first. Swervin Irvin is the legal name of the Packers kickoff returner and punt returner, but good news Packer fans. We no longer have negative return yards as a team anymore. The, the special teams looked a little bit better in the punt return game this week. Um, they said on three consecutive punts, and that is Green Bay's longest punt return of the season, which is really kind of embarrassing when you think about it, that it took till what, week 14 for that to for – that's still something, and it was like an eight-yard return. But, guys, let's talk about the special teams here. Are they getting better, or is this, Jacob, just uh, they're playing the Redskins who are not very good? Uh Maybe a little bit of both. I will say this about Irvin, uh, Swervin Irvin. I will put his plaque right next to Desmond Howard in the Packers Hall of Fame uh, after Sunday's performance. Okay, no, all jokes aside. Um, the the return game, I will say this. He did look more explosive because Tremont Smith, I mean, for a guy who was supposedly this burner, I never saw that speed and explosive ability, whether kickoff or punt. And anybody will tell you that those are two different types of returns. It's why it's been kind of rare that the Packers have had somebody that handles both of those duties. Now, in this case, Irvin does. But at minute, if nothing else, before Sunday, the Packers' longest return was three yards, and it was fumbled. Like, the Tremont Smith returned to three yards and fumbled the ball out of bounds. Thankfully, it went out of bounds, I guess. But Irvin at least catches the ball and gets north and south. You know, we don't have, they don't have to score on every single punt return. Sometimes – Picking up 8 to 10 yards means you're starting in plus territory instead of you know, in your own territory, which can change some things. I mean, once you're in plus territory, more often than not, a lot of times that turns into four-down territory. So you have an extra down to play with on offense instead of where if you're in minus territory, now you're probably looking at punting if you go three and out, uh, so to speak there. But this time you'd have an extra down to play with. Just something simple. Yes, Washington's bad. We've established that. But they're not – this incompetent, while well, they're an incompetent organization, but not a terrible team like that. Uh, they have they have some good players. I think you saw on Sunday, uh, Bill Huber wrote a really good piece for, I think it's called 
Maven now. It's Packer Sports Illustrated, essentially, that Washington has a good defense, the ability to run the ball, and they play some solid special teams. That keeps them in enough games. Well, I mean, Green Bay doesn't really play good special teams, and they found a way to get some stuff done. Um, I mean, granted, the bar's not high. I mean, something as simple as falling forward for four yards would have been considered a success. But in this case, uh, it's it's some improvement. It's better than absolutely nothing. I think we can safely say that. Well, and, you know, Maggie, I, I, when, when you start looking at this Packers team as far as a, a playoff run here, how good does their special teams need to be if they want to make a deep run into the playoffs? Because I talked with Jacob about this on Sunday and Dusty as well about this idea that, you know, does the when you have Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, does your special teams just need to not be bad? Or, or do you actually – is it something that if the Packers want to be a potential Super Bowl contender, do they need to have better special teams than what they've been getting right now? I really don't think so. And I think one of the things that uh, Matt LaFleur has emphasized is just playing mistake-free football and barring the Aaron Rodgers uh, strip fumble that happened against the Redskins. The Packers have been forcing turnovers and not giving the ball away, which is one of the paramounts to winning football games. So yes, like we said, as a preface, it was against the Redskins, but you have a Packers defense that is forcing three and outs um, keeping the Redskins in their own end zone, practically. Assuming special teams gets 10 yards. I mean, I think the first three Packers drive started right at midfield, right at about the 50. You're giving your offense short field. It's just that consistency. You're looking for the team to play a complete game in all three phases. And that's not to say that they need to break a return, although that would help. I mean, obviously the more yardage you get on special teams, the easier it is then for your offense. But if the defense gets a stop, Special teams gains special teams gains some yardage, doesn't make a mistake, and then the offense has shorter field to score. I mean, that's football. It's about as easy as you can make it for your team to just play a complete game. Well, so special teams moving forward. The one consistent that we can, as Packer fans, know about special teams is that, and don't take this for granted, especially with how bad kickers have been this year. Mason Crosby has been. Money. Beyond <laughs> money. I mean, you look around the rest of the league, there are a lot of teams out there looking for kickers or their kicking game is struggling, and Mason Crosby has been nothing short of perfect. And my wife would 100% agree with that as she would die for Mason Crosby. So, um, well, with that, let's uh, let's move on to our segment that we've been doing for the last couple of weeks here. We're going to do our green and goldens this week. So, guys um, – I'm going to change the rules of the green and golden just a little bit this week because as as I think about it, it becomes really difficult to give away the green and golden when you win um, because it's really kind of honestly started as like a bad game type thing. And so they're difficult to give away when you win because it's hard to find someone that really had a bad enough game where you could give one away. So I'll let you give it to anyone you want that maybe had a good game. So when they win, we'll make it kind of like you're like, hey, they played well type thing. And then if they do lose, then we'll just give it away as normal. So Maggie, your green and golden this week goes to whom? 
I'm going to throw a curveball and not pick someone that I talked about pre-show. I'm going to pick Matt LaFleur, one, because I would die for him, and two, because he just achieved 10 wins and is the first Packers uh, head coach to do that in his first season. And I know the caveat there is that they weren't playing um, 16-game seasons in the Lambeau and Lombardi days, but for Matt LaFleur to hit 10 wins in his first season as a Packers head coach is very exciting, and I think that he has surpassed expectations from a lot of fans already. So for that... He gets a puppy and a lot of credit. All right. And, Jacob, your green and golden goes to whom? Uh, my wife, because it's her birthday tomorrow, and I love her very, very much. So, actually, today, <laughs> I should say, you guys are listening on on a Wednesday. So, it's her birthday today, December 11th. Uh, and I can't give her a real puppy because we already have one that's a pain in the butt. So, I'm giving her a fake golden retriever on this show. All right. Not what I was expecting. Um, I will give mine to Aaron Jones because, first of all, as Jacob, you can attest to, I have been on the Aaron Jones train since, oh, back when we started. Yeah, back (laughs) when we started this podcast. And um, my wife gave me his jersey last year as a Christmas gift, kind of as a joke. Mm -hmm. But uh, I love me some Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is awesome. He had a great game on Sunday. And now I, I just want to put this out here because I heard this statistic, and I think it's interesting. And now the one thing, though, that I hate about statistics is that statistics can be skewed, especially depending on a whole lot of context. But I did not know this. Did you guys know that when Aaron Jones this year for the Packers has at least 40 yards rushing, the team is undefeated? I did. Uh, like I mean, uh, if now again, this is where I, I don't know what all those games were. They could be against bad teams. I don't know, but that stat alone should just tell you that Aaron Jones should really get the ball, probably more than he has been getting the ball. So my green and golden goes to Aaron Jones. So, um, well, guys, I want to wrap up here real quickly. I want to take a quick look at the Chicago game. Um, Jacob, you had texted us today that it is. Uh, well, you texted it, I believe it was about 12.19 in the afternoon, and you said it's 12.19 and the Bears still suck, which is Correct. true. Um, but, Maggie, just as we get closer to this game this Sunday, it's you know it's kind of like a playoff game in the sense that if Green Bay wins and they get a little bit of help throughout the rest of the league, they can, they can lock up a playoff spot. So what are your kind of expectations for this Sunday and, you know, what what are you specifically going to be watching for this weekend in this Bears-Packers game? I think, honestly, this team just needs to prove that it can play a complete game. And I know that sounds like such a cliche since I just mentioned that like 10 minutes ago, five minutes ago. But it seems like this team is close. And we've talked about it being close the last couple of seasons where, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the hero of the offense, there's no running game, or the offense is putting up 30 points a game and then the defense is giving up 40 points, so it doesn't matter. This team is close, and they've shown that they can be close in back-to-back weeks. And like Aaron Rodgers said at his post-game presser, this team is finding ways to win in different ways. You know, one game he throws for four touchdowns, and then the next game Aaron Jones has almost 200 yards Uh, all-purpose yards in the passing game, and the wide receivers barely touch the ball. So this is the time now that they need to put it all together because it's not going to get any easier. I mean, you have three division games, and then you start your playoff run. So if they can start putting things together now and building up that confidence before they get to 
the postseason, they have the potential to I, – I truly believe this team can be dangerous. And is that me saying I think that they're going to bring home the Lombardi this year? No. <laughs> Would I like it if they did? Yes. But I think that this team just needs to find a way to play a complete game because that's kind of what's been missing so far this season is, like Aaron has said, we'll take ugly wins all the way to the Super Bowl. But if you don't have to win ugly, that's – it's a pretty good way to live. Absolutely. And Jacob, your what you're looking at this weekend with this Bears Packers game is what? Uh we came into the year, you know, for those of you that have kind of followed some of my stuff, we came into anybody really anybody who analyzed the Packers schedule said these last three games were really gonna shape how this season went. Now, we didn't know that it meant quite like this. Uh, I don't know how you guys felt coming into the year, but I really thought the North was going to be a three-horse race. Maybe one team faded at the end. It kind of hasn't been that way. Chicago has put themselves sort of back. I mean, in order for the Bears to make the playoffs, almost everything has to break their way, including winning at Lambeau on Sunday. And also the Vikings have to lose to some crappy teams. And I mean, there's a lot that has to go in Chicago's favor. Really, I'm just honestly – You know, Maggie talked about how Aaron Rodgers said winning ugly all the way to the Super Bowl may not be something that he minds. They won two ugly games to get to the Super Bowl in 2010. Uh, I don't necessarily think that you would call the Eagles game pretty, and the Bears game certainly wasn't. So against the Bears, um, I'm always, like, cautious because it seems like they have the dumbest things go in their favor, returned punts, blocked field goals, tipped, batted, kicked interceptions, stuff like that. Um, And I really just – I'm looking for Green Bay to slow down a bad offense that they match up pretty well with. Uh, And I think you saw that first game of the season. Obviously, these two teams are different now. But looking for them to slow down what is a bad offense that they match up well with. And on offense, I mean, it's going to take more than 10 points. I'll promise you that. The first time they played, obviously, a 10-3 final. Now, it's going to take more than those 10 points to score – just some consistency. Uh, I, I shared a video last night on my Twitter account of Aaron Rodgers' touchdown pass to Robert Tanyan. And what I pointed out was that, okay, so the result there was good, obviously. Tanyan open, Rodgers throw, touchdown. But there's this hesitation double clutch that also shows up in some other plays that lead to a positive play turning into either a negative one or no play made just because of that. So, I'd like to see some process improve. I'd like to see the quarterback trust what he's seeing and let it rip. Uh, and I think that that's the best way for this offense to get going forward. And now I'm not saying that he needs to throw into double coverage or try and throw more interceptions or anything stupid like that. I mean, we could probably do an entire podcast on my Aaron Rodgers theory. We don't have time for that. But I'd like to see a little bit more decisiveness, a little bit more rhythm, not so much stagnation through. I mean, the script was great. On Sunday, you know, the biggest problem I have at this point with the Packers in December is that their offense now looks very similar to the way that it did in September. And maybe that's to be expected with the new offense and still trying to work out some of the kinks. But this is a team that's 10 and 3 and trying to make a run toward a potential Super Bowl. I mean, you can't just go completely absent on offense for two and a half quarters, which they basically did on Sunday. Uh, And that's, I mean, and that's something that they've done pretty frequently throughout the year too. They just, I'd like to see some consistency to where 
there can be a middle ground between scoring points at will, looking like the 2011 Packers like they do in the first quarter, and completely clunky, throwing the ball out into the dirt, nobody knowing where they're going, not being able to run the ball, not being able to move the ball at all that they do and essentially did for two quarters on Sunday. So <clears throat> consistency, that's my thing, and start building toward a playoff run. Keep your focus on one game against the Bears because that obviously that Monday nighter against Minnesota is going to be a biggie. Absolutely. Well, there you have it. So, again, just remember, this is the only the second time in Aaron Rodgers' career that he has played the Bears at noon at Lambeau. So, and we all, like Jacob reminded us, 37-3 to was the outcome of the other game in favor of the Packers. So let's all hope for something similar to that. But at this point, let's be honest, I'll just settle for the W. So, uh, real quickly, wrap up here, guys. Maggie, people want to follow your work, get in touch with you. How can they do that? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney, L-O-N-E-Y, and you can also find my writing for Cheesehead TV. All right, great. And, Jacob, if people want to get in touch with you, follow your work, how can they do that? Twitter is at Jacob Westendorf. You can find my work at Packer Reports, and you can actually find me this weekend. I'll be in Green Bay Saturday and Sunday post game. I'll be at Stadium View hanging out with Ross Uglum and Gilbert Brown and some former Green Bay Packers. So you guys should all come too. All right. Well, there you have it. And, uh, well, with that, guys, we are halfway through the week. You've made it halfway through another week, one day closer to another Packers-Bears game at Lambeau Field, which will be so much fun. I'm very excited to watch it this weekend. So with that, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And as always, no Packers.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.